0: Hi, friends. You're listening to Season 1, Episode 3 of the Cowgirl Confessions Podcast. Thank you for being here, and if you're new, I'm so glad you're tuning in. This episode, we'll talk to Missy Bonds from Saginaw, Texas. She's a third-generation rancher and a woman that I am so proud to call my friend. We talk about just her dream to grow up and follow in her father's footsteps, some business strategies, as well as um, her new TV opportunity. So stay tuned. I know you're going to love this episode. Hey, y'all, and welcome. You're listening to the Cowgirl Confessions podcast. I'm your host, Dakota Dawn Johnson, small-town cowgirl with southern roots blazing a trail as a Midwest ranch wife, mama, and businesswoman. The mission of Cowgirl Confessions is to share the wonderfully wild and western life stories of cowgirls from all walks of life. We'll talk about the highs, the lows, and everything in between when it comes to navigating careers, cowboys, kids, and cattle. Legendary cowgirl Dell Evans said it best, cowgirl is a pioneer spirit, a special brand of American courage. The cowgirl faces life head on, lives by her own lights, and makes no excuses. Cowgirls take stands, they speak up, they defend the things they hold dear. A cowgirl might be a rancher, a barrel racer, a bull rider, or an actress. But she's just as likely to be a checker at the local Winn-Dixie, a full-time mother, a banker, an attorney, or an astronaut. If you're into wet saddle blankets, talks with God, buckets full of laughter, and the life lessons learned in the process, kick off your boots and settle in. I pray these stories encourage, empower, and give you just the leg up you need. Here's to embracing the cowgirl state of mind, no matter how wild and Western life may get along the way. Missy, thank you so much for being on the show this morning. Well, thank you for having me. Yeah. Let's start with just a little bit of background on where you're from and kind of how you grew up with your involvement in just the agriculture and and Western industries.
1: So my name is Missy Bonds. Um, I grew up on a ranch just north of Fort Worth. Um, I was born born in the Fort Worth area, grew up here and Grew up riding horses, grew up riding and working alongside with my family um, while most of my friends growing up through high school and elementary school and middle school um, while most of my friends went went to spring break and went to uh, South Padre and went on all of these beach vacations or went skiing. Here I am going to Belcherville, Texas branding calves. So you know, um, this is, I've, I've grown up in the ranching industry, um, and when I was eight years old, I came home, and I told my dad one day that, so when I grow up, I want to be a rancher like you, and he said, well, when you do, you need to go get a business degree from a university anywhere you want to go, and then go through the TCU Ranch Management Program, and that's what I did. I went and got a um, agricultural business degree from Texas Tech University, and um, went through the TC Ranch Management Program, and wow. then ended up back, back at, back home and working alongside my father, so.
0: I can't imagine, um, I mean, now that I'm, you know, a parent myself just what an amazing feeling that must have been for your dad, for you, just at the, the ripe old age of eight years old, to come up with so much clarity, and then for him to uh, just commend him for not being like, oh, this is something maybe she's going to grow out of, or like, wanting to encourage you to do something different, because it would have been really easy for him to do that, I think, um, and the fact that he was like, no, if this is what you want to do, here's, here's how you do it, and so that set the course the trajectory of your life pretty much it sounds like
1: and then for me to remember it from that young of an age and me to have that much of a a uh, vision to continue it for for my life goals for the rest of my life so you know and I'm I'm very fortunate that my I do believe my father is one of the smartest men in this industry and I get to work alongside him every day and learn from him still every day. Um, you, now, do we butt heads, and do we do, do? Is he the bane of my existence sometimes? Yes. I mean, there are times when it, my job, Daddy, is not to change the paper in your printer. No, uh, but uh, to to learn how he does business and how um, how he thinks about about this industry is, is, has been ch- life-changing.
0: Well, a, a couple of things you said there, Missy. One, I think any of us that have ever worked with family in any capacity, you know, not even on a, as large of a scale as what you're doing, but family's family, you know, and, and there's oh, yes. pros and cons, um, but then the day, you love each other, and, um, and like I said, it, it, it's an opportunity that not everybody gets to have, and so it's great that y'all are getting to work together, and, um, but, I would love to know a little bit more about um, your dad and maybe how the whole kind of operation got started. um, And because he just seems like such a wealth of knowledge um, for so many people in in the industry and outside of the industry. So
1: my grandfather bought, uh, my grandfather was an oil man. He was an oil wildcatter in East Texas. And my grandfather bought our ranch in 1933 um, from the Hicks estate and this was this this was our original headquarters our head what we consider our headquarters ranch just north of Saginaw and this is where I grew up um, it's where my dad grew up this is where I grew up um, and then my dad went through the went to tcu well my grandfather passed away when my father was two years old and the ranch foreman raised my father um and he was born in 1891 and burke burnett's first cousin who burke burnett was the owner of the four sixes okay and um so my dad got a lot of insight into um a lot of things that a lot of people didn't get to see from, from his history side of things. Um, And so he and, and Big Pete is what is the foreman's name, What they called him Um, Big Pete. It was Big Pete and Little Pete or (laughs) Big Pete and repeat. Yeah. Um, And, but Big Pete, Big Pete, um, taught my dad all, everything he knew about about ranching and being, being a cowboy and a cattleman. And my dad, when he was 16 years old, um, borrowed his first money to be able to buy his first set of cows on his own. And he then, he uh, went to college, went to TCU, went through the TCU Ranch Management Program himself, and um, came out of it. He and my parents got married in 76. And then I'm not going to tell you when they had me because that would show my age, but <laughs> <laughs> um, then, but they were happy having this at, at that time. They were happy having that the 200 head cow cow herd here just north of Fort Worth but then times changed things got a little tight as all cattle cycles do and my dad went out with his uh, a bottle of whiskey and a pistol or a rifle or or shotgun went to do some thinking drinking hunting is what he likes to say and um went and decided that uh, he got to thinking he said you know most businesses out there don't look at profit per head they look at a return on equity so we changed he changed his whole outlook on um how he looks at return his returns from profit per head to return on equity and from there, we have totally expanded, been able to expand our operation. Um, and from doing that, we, are, you know, we now have operations looking. But from doing that, we look at the returns and being able to get annualized returns. You know, we get annualized returns that that Warren Buffett would would kill for. And uh, we we now have. Have ranches and and run cattle in twenty six counties in Texas and thirteen different states, and we used to run cattle in Mexico and Canada as well.
0: Wow, that such an incredible story, just of like you said, the history of ranching, and um, not to not to get sidetracked because there's so much I want to ask you about what all you just said. But I, um, whenever I first met you, Missy. Um, and guys, I've, I've had the opportunity to, to go to the Bonds Ranch and it was truly just kind of, um, it was such a neat experience for me. It's the first time I'd ever gotten to go be part of like a real live branding deal. And whenever I say that, like we, you know, there's lots of us out here that rodeo and then you've got people that show cattle and stuff. But like, even though it's all kind of under the same umbrella, I feel like for people outside of our industries, there is so much more that goes on um you know on the ranching side and I mean I showed up this you know Alabama cowgirl that had never been a part of anything like that but you handed me an ear tagger, you know deal and I went to work (laughs) and and you just made me feel so welcome like there because I feel like a lot of people and I was even a little bit intimidated even though I knew I mean I'd heard you were salt to the earth from our mutual friends and they were like, like yeah come on you're gonna love it and I did um I don't know if that's common in, in the ranching community, but I feel like just from what you said about big Pete and then your dad and how he kind of took him under your whole ranch, like you guys embody that and it doesn't matter who it is. I mean, you, you just made me feel right at home and, and we've been friends ever since. We have, we have, uh, we,
1: we love, teaching around here I, I i don't know if i'm necessarily a very good teacher but i think we learn sometimes learn best by getting thrown into the fire and and you know how else are you going to be learned by unless you get handed a set at your taggers and get tall here this is the way you do it now
0: yeah <laughs> yeah I mean it was like all right let's go and I'm like man she she's trusting me to put these tags you know for me it was a it was a big deal it's like wow like and I'm sure for you you're like how hard can that be just put a tag in their ear but it was for me like uh I was like wow she she just met me but she thinks enough of me that she's gonna let me be a part of this and not babysit me make sure I got a tool and and say let her let her go girl hey those
1: tags I can tell you those tags are pretty important Piece of, of our branding because those tags, um, we are part of a program called the non-hormone treated cattle program that enables our calves, the meat from our calves, to be exported into the European Union. Um, for for some of our ranches, we have them qualified for those. Um, uh, we do that by by using electronic identification, and and then we we correlate that electronic identification to and. Link that correlated uh, electronic tag to a visual tag, and um, and we don't. Those electronic tags can get pretty expensive, so so making sure that they're put in correctly and and um, they don't lose them. That's a pretty important job. So.
0: Yeah, I, I still feel very important. And, and now I'm glad I didn't know all of that when I was doing it because I would have probably been super nervous, more nervous than I already was about doing it. But um, I, with you saying that, two things that I, I want to make sure we touch on is one, when your dad went and did his drinking and thinking and he made that business decision shift to look at, um, you know, to go from basing it per head Um, to his equity the return on his equity and then also everything you were just talking about so much technology surrounding um, what you're doing and just overall what can you tell us about your business approach at at Bonds Cattle Ranch like how how you've maintained to grow but then also like stick to your gut and stay with that business plan that even though maybe it's different from some other people in the industry, it's what you believe in, you know, it works and and how you kind of bring all that together and it works like it does. Well, we,
1: we, we look at numbers. Um, We are very diligent hedgers Uh, and, and saying hedging, we, there is a Chicago Mercantile Exchange has a commodities uh, commodities trading floor where they, they trade co- uh, cattle futures and where you can hedge your risk and lock in cattle prices. And so we can use, we use that to lock in um, prices. so if we go in and we we like i've got a sale coming up here here in about an hour i know where the futures board is right now i know have an idea of what those cattle uh, will um what it will cost to run them on wheat um what it'll cost to carry them on wheat like and when i say that it means like the cost to care cost for mineral cost for hay all of any kind of cost for drugs um to doctor them when they get sick um anything like that any kind of death loss anything so i know those are are not should not be a highly changing um factor so I know have an idea of what I can sell them for because of where the board is and the difference of, of, of and historically what I can sell that animal from off of that board um, I know historically what, what they'll what I can do all that for on wheat and what they should Uh, death rates and uh, death loss rates and all of that um, historically so I should know then what I can pay for that animal to be able to make the profit the return on equity that I'm looking for so I can I can run a budget for each truckload lot of cattle that I am offered or I look at to be able to see if those animals will work for me and if they don't there's no emotion to it it takes a hundred percent of emotion out of it because the numbers don't lie if it works it works if it doesn't it doesn't and we don't do it if it works we do it and I I, I turn around, and as soon as I do it, I call my commodity broker, and I, I uh, hedge my cattle. There's zero risk in there, or I say, not zero. There's minimal risk. So we do all of this with minimal risk. Wow. And you can't grow, or it's hard to grow with high risk.
0: Yeah, new to the the cattle industry side of it. I married into it. And so I've been in, um, I say, you know, learning and constantly learning um, all of this for probably I'm on like a five year plan at this point. And um, <laughs> and but but, you know, three years ago is when it got super real. And, and I financially became invested in all that when we got married and and I everything you're saying that's. Um, how, you know, my husband, he's really numbers oriented and I'm very numbers oriented. Like you said, take a hundred percent emotion out of it with my job in sales, whenever I'm talking to customers and, and whether it's cattle, you guys, or you're talking about, Hey, you sell more plaid shirts versus print snaps. It, when, when you're in business, I think it's so important. Um, And and I hate to say it, women, we're just emotional creatures, but it's really easy as women, I think for us to um, try to want to keep everybody happy and make sure things, sometimes we let emotion override our decisions when we need to be making them based on numbers and not emotion. Um, Cause at the end of the day, we're all trying to make money in business. Otherwise it's a hobby. It's not a business. Correct. And, and so what Missy's, you know, sharing here, you know, even though what she's sharing is, is about cattle, I want y'all to take away that this can be applied, this mindset um, and, and kind of these equations, if you will, it's all numbers, it's all math, and it doesn't add up on paper, and you're just, you need to pivot, you need to regroup, and and think about doing something differently, to where it is affording you the opportunity to have the lifestyle you want, Um, because I feel like that's why we're all doing this. Yeah, take out cattle, and add
1: widgets. (laughs) <laughs>
0: yeah <laughs> yeah my dad my dad's
1: one of my dad's favorite sayings is he and warren buffett are in the same business um, we're in the uh money allocation business he uh warren buffett though allocates money into businesses and stocks and stocks and bonds and my dad allocates money into cattle with with and cattle
0: yeah that man such a great great just picture to paint right there, visual for everybody. Um, so Missy, you, you went through the ranch management program and then what did that whole process look like as far as like stepping in to, did you work somewhere else? Did you come right on at Bonds or what did all that look like? And honestly, if there's anything you could kind of share with us in that for somebody that maybe is wanting to go back and work for their family and some things that you really recommend, or you, you might do different if you had to do it over again.
1: Well, I can say any person out there looking at going back to their family ranching operation or staying in ranching in general, uh, needs to go through the TCU Ranch Management Program. It is a nine month, nine month program and that teaches you how to look at ranching as a business and not just a way of life. Uh, before this whole coronavirus thing took, took out, uh, kind of messed everything up um, they would go on five field trips this year. They're not. They're not able to go on the field trips, but they are. They're working very diligently, trying to, to do different things, um, to uh, to make up for that. Um, but you pretty much are, are in a nine month intensive course where you you almost write three theses. If you if you look at it in an educational form, you write three theses in in a nine month time period, um, uh, but it's you write three business plans and three business models for a ranch, um, and and how how you would run that ranch if if it were if you were the manager, and they teach you how to how to then do that um they first off step out where where it's their um where they control everything then you have your own place and then they do it where it's all improved forages so they're trying to make you look at and where it's where you can go back to any place Their, their goal is to be able to drop you any place in the world and you may not know what the grasses are or what everything's like there but you have the ability to know where to find the information, how to find the information on um, how to be able to manage that, that ranch properly.
0: That, man, it sounds like an incredible program. I'm over here going, man, it, it'd be good <laughs> for me just to go back and it save my husband a lot of headaches having to read stuff <laughs> to me three and four times probably. But um, And there's, put that on my there's a list. lot.
1: And don't let the TCU and having a private school label there with it be a deterrent. There is a lot of scholarship opportunities available with this program. Um, they do um, afford a lot of scholarships for, their, for the students going through.
0: That's great to know. Um, have a
1: lot of alumni um, and have a huge alumni um, backing. I think 20% of the TCU alumni, uh, they, they, excuse me, 20 percent of the Texas and Southwestern Cattle Raisers Association directors um, are alumni of the program.
0: Man, that's, it's so good to see something like that um, just kind of come back full circle, if you will, whenever, I feel like when people feel like they've been invested in, so let's take you for example, you <laughs> you know that that course changed your life. It, it really opened your eyes. It was a positive, had positive impact on you. And so, um, you know, I have to imagine that you're heavily involved with them still. And then just the way, I guess what I'm getting at is like, you have a heart for sharing the story of, of agriculture and cattle. And um, you guys, I mean, you can hop on Google and just type in Bonds Ranch, Texas, and, and you'll see lots of videos of Missy, um, so many different platforms of her, um, you know, sharing her thoughts on on what's going on in the cattle industry or just the background of their family on ranch. And what, um, do you have any advice, Missy, on people? Because I, I feel like we have so many people in the agriculture industry that have this knowledge, that have a heart for wanting to see it continue to grow, but maybe they, you know, they're not confident enough to step out and do what you're doing and share their story. So do you have any ideas or just kind of encouragement for people that maybe are sitting on the fence there that, that could help them take that next step to share their story, even if they think, oh, well, I'm just some rancher, I, I don't have a story.
1: Everybody has a story. Um, and everybody's story needs to be heard. Yeah, everybody has a history, and um, and everybody's story is interesting. It, it, what, how you've how you've made, how you've lived your life, and how you've run your business, and how your ranch has come come into play, and how your family has has been around for generations. That has that has meaning, and I know. Personally, I learn something from every person I encounter. So, don't be afraid to be out there. Um, don't be afraid to. The best thing to I can say is 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 get informed, educate yourself. Though, mm-hmm. make sure you you ask questions um and get informed about issues and and learn about topics and then then you know your history is part of what's going on and what what is what's happening within these these issues that are are happening in mainstream today and you can intertwine your history within the mainstream issues and whether controversial or not controversial whether it can be about weather or 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 mandatory labeling or importing or exporting, whether, whatever that may be, your story can be a part of that. Just you can learn how to make that story a part of it.
0: Yeah. And I think it's crucial, whether it's the cattle industry, rodeo industry, whatever um, you said something there, and I'm not going to say it exactly the same way, but how, our stories everybody's story has something that can that's going to relate to people a little bit differently kind of like a a nugget if you will that maybe somebody mainstream is going to connect with better than the next and so that's just really important like bridging that gap and being educated to where when you get the opportunity um to share something with a new audience in that mainstream area that that it shed in a positive light own our industry and and that's what's going to continue to help us grow um, and just you know grow the awareness of people and that brings me to something that I really um, enjoyed one of the video clips I saw of you on um, you know YouTube talking about beef and labeling and its origin and so can you just dive into that a little bit Missy and kind of give us a lesson on what what all this really means that we're hearing about beef and it's labeling at the grocery store and and all of that and how it really impacts um, ranchers like yourself.
1: So, um, beef exports account for, I'm trying to remember here. So I'm, I'm, I'm trying to remember because I can't, uh, I'm not a hundred percent sure. So I'm going to go on the short side of things here. I think, if I remember right, it adds $250 a head um, dollar value to an animal on exports alone. And these products that we're exporting most of the time are products that you and I don't want to eat. like. I don't know about you, but I don't know how to cook a tongue and I really don't necessarily want to eat a tongue <laughs> yeah. or a kidney or a liver, but you know, who does people in Egypt, right? Um, when BSE, uh, or when BSC was, when the restrictions from BSC back in 2001, um, well, when when exports were cut off in two thousand and one because of BSE, uh, it it wrecked the beef market and the cattle market. Well, when those when exports started coming back online and Egypt allowed um, exports to come back, the tongue alone added six dollars value wow. to the. Marcus. i mean that's crazy six dollars for a tongue yeah so so we're we're trying to to make they're trying to get the best value for 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 the um for the animal well the united states also does not produce enough ground meat to supply the demand for the United States so the United States will import lean trimmings to mix with what we call our 50-50 trimmings which are when when they're you know cutting when they're cutting up the and making the briskets cutting the brisket from from this piece and cutting the ribs from, from this piece and cutting the rib from the loin. You'll get little slivers here though. When when they're doing all of that, they get all these little pieces that have fat and meat on them. Well, um, so when they do that, they'll get the lean, lean trimmings and mix it with those 50-50 trimmings and grind them together. And that's how you get the, most of the time it's your cheaper valued ground meat. Um, and most of that will go into actually food service. So most of actually what you're seeing in your grocery stores is all, will all have been, uh, have, all have come from a USDA United States Slaughter facility, packing facility, um, but some of the ground meat, most of the time, most of the time, it's just ground meat um, that we are importing. We we also will do. I think uh, I think the other thing that we also will import some of, of is because of uh, the demand for mexican food mexican food has gotten so popular in the united states that mm-hmm. fajitas yeah so we don't make enough we don't have enough flank steaks and skirt steaks so we actually get some of those from ireland okay. uh, so but all of those are actually going into food service so most of say every when you're going through the grocery store the Average person is not looking at where the product is coming from. They are looking to see what it looks like. They're looking at quality. They are looking, knowing that it is inspected and it's safe because US food supply is safe. Um, and knowing Normally Unless you're just this random weird thing. It is coming from the United States.
0: Okay, that, that's eye, I mean, eye-opening for me, even, because um, we're, we're in the feeder-calf side, but we're not dealing as much, you know, I mean, every, the beef, I'm sure, like you guys, I mean, we go have a, a beef butchered, so I'm not necessarily going and buying beef at the grocery store. We just have it done, and so um, I don't want to say I'm disconnected from it, because obviously, like, I went to the grocery store a lot and bought beef prior to being where I'm at now, but... It's uh, just knowing what, that, what the consumer is actually thinking most of the time. And like you said, kind of looking at what the meat looks like. And then if we can just kind of have the general understanding that most of this is coming actually from the U.S. is what you're saying. Right. Okay. Every,
1: most of everything, if it has a USDA inspected label,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, you know, a quality label on it, Okay. Um, it is. It's gone through a U.S. packing facility. Okay. And um, um, so um, what 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 we would like is, or what I personally would like to see is a voluntary label. Hmm not something that the government mandates because personally, I don't like the government telling me what I can and can't do. And I don't like the government telling me how I have to market things.
0: Sure. Uh, Sure. Um,
1: if I'm going to do something, I want to be paid for it. Right. Uh, if, if, uh, if you want, if there are people out there that yes, look for a product of the USA on their label, and if they do, that is perfectly fine. There are products out there that meet their needs. and um, But most of the time, they will have to pay a little extra for that because you have to do a little extra work. There's extra data having to be collected um, for that product.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But for a straight commodity product, for the average person that does not look for that, and does not care about that I uh, don't see where having to force that upon them um is necessary
0: yeah i i really um i, I relate to what you said just as far as if if you're gonna have to do it and it shouldn't be something that's government mandated you should have the ability to choose because you're going to be the one spending the money um right on, on doing it and running your business and it gets kind of sticky there i mean in my opinion if, if we start letting this thing be government mandated, then it's kind of like, where does it, where does it stop? You know, where do you draw Correct. that line? Um, and so it's a pretty slippery slope. But thank you for sharing that, um, you know, just with us and everything. Um, you had mentioned to me um, recently that you had the opportunity to kind of pre-record um, a really neat episode that's going to be coming out. And I'd, I'd just really like to hear more about that and, and where people could tune in.
1: Well, it, um, it may actually have been before the podcast comes out, but they're actually going to be re, rebroadcasting it several times, I believe, and okay. it'll be on YouTube. Um, it will broadcast um, on September September 8th at okay. 7 o'clock. Okay. There's a um, TV show called uh, Ranch Her. Um, They it's a show called um, They Are Highlighting Women in Ranching um, and just showing that showing the influence that women have in the ranching industry and how it's not necessarily just the man's world that people really think it is, that there really are. these these a bunch of women out there doing doing all of this alongside either alongside their fathers husbands alone on their own with their daughters yeah Uh, and and it's 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 a really I think it's going to be a really inspiring um, series, and I, I am the it. premiere oh. episode.
0: Oh my goodness, Missy, that's so exciting, because um, I was sitting here going, how have I missed this? How have I not known about it? But you're the premiere, so. I am the
1: premiere. This is, it's a brand new show. It is a a sister show to a show that has been a big success on rfd channel called farm her um it'll be hosted by a woman named kirby schmore um who is a good friend of mine and she uh when they approached her with with doing the show she said i know who i want to be for the first episode, and she approached me, and I said, um, okay, uh, where do you want to start, so, yeah,
0: that, so, I, I, I'm, I can imagine, like, being in Kirby's position, and just being, like, jackpot, you know, when you know you, you just, that's how I felt whenever i um, thinking about starting this podcast, and, you know, you being one of the first ones I wanted to have on the show, because you do have such an interesting background, um, just, I should say, it's, interesting but there's so much history and depth and you're so business savvy missy and um just a powerhouse if you will i mean that's what i th- when you were describing what that show is going to be about and the women in the industry i just think of all these um these women powerhouses, and but also women that like you know just have this persona about them that um they don't have to be the loudest person in the room to get everybody's attention and to to hold their place at the table and um and and that's a skill set it's a beautiful skill set and it's, it's needed not only in our the ranching community in, in the cattle industry and rodeo i mean it, we, we need more of that everywhere and um I, one of the things you mentioned earlier um congratulations on the show i can't wait to watch well, thank it.
1: you i i'm i'm very excited about it thank you
0: yeah it's going to be awesome no doubt guys make sure you um check in to watch and ranch her and I'll make sure I'm in the show notes where you can find all of that. Um, I wanted to ask you a couple of things just about your operation before we wrap this up. So you mentioned that you guys have cattle multiple States. And so from a management side, what does that look like as far as you hiring somebody to kind of be over that operation, the, you know, your eyes and ears and feet on the ground and, and how you, kind of what you look for in a person when you're hiring them for that and, and how you manage it from afar.
1: Um, well, we've, um, we deal a lot with, how we deal with that is we deal with the people. Mm-hmm. Um, we get to know that person. Um, and this is not, yes this is our business this is the bonds this bonds ranch we run this as a business but we we are very unique and we are the bonds family as well um my sisters both of my sisters are also involved in our operation as well my mother is involved my father involved so we are very much family oriented here um when somebody get becomes gets to work for us, becomes a, part of, um, becomes a part of the ranch, they become part of the family. And so um, in doing that, there's, it, it, there may be a lot of, of um, kind of oversight and kind of watching it first um, just to make sure how things are going to work and how you're going to do. Um, first, come on, or because a lot of times when when we don't we don't go searching out for a place, the, they come searching for us, and the the opportunity um, comes to somebody else, and they come to us because they can't do it on their own. And so we then go in with that person for whatever opportunity that may be, whether it may be a cow-calf opportunity, a stalker opportunity, a um, feeding opportunity, whatever that is. So, but we, we all become part of the family and we we look for the long-term. We don't, we don't try to, we don't like doing these deals where it's, we don't look to, we don't look to try to do something where it's, it's going to break somebody and, and going to put them out of business. We want everybody to end up, we want them to get rich because if we we're making them rich, it's making us rich. Yep. So, um, you know, that's, that's, that's kind of how it all uh, it's we we kind of have to watch over it for the first couple of years and kind of baby it but then after that it's it's it takes on it takes on legs of its own
0: yeah it sounds like kind of the key ingredient there with with that approach is that you you're partnering with somebody that's already invested they're invested and yes. they want to see it succeed it's not just a a hired hand showing up and wanting to check in and check out and collect a paycheck you know they right. so that that's a huge um it sounds like the most important part of kind of how y'all have done that and, and been able to see success and um last question i've got for you missy is really can you just take us through what a I say a normal week would look like but kind of oh. day-to-day for you because i know we were we rescheduled this podcast a couple of times because of rain and then you were weaning and and then some stuff on my end but Kind of, do you work from home? Do you go into an office? What, what do you, What's your day-to-day look like? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> it depends. Picture.
1: Yeah. Um, you know, I can say most time, most days I am in an office. Because um, you don't have to be a rancher and have to be out with the cows every day. Most of the time, your business happens in the office it happens talking on the phone doing business deals doing transactions um but there are days where you know i'm up at four o'clock in the morning to well, like um tuesday i will be up four o'clock in the morning heading out to, (laughs) well, Tuesday will be a good example because it's going to be a crazy day. Tuesday, I will be um, up about four, four o'clock, come out, saddle my horse. We'll drive an hour and a half, hour, yeah, about an hour and a half to go out. We will pin a set of cattle, pin a set of cows and calves. We'll, we'll pull the calves off, ship them back to Fort Worth. Um, We'll palpate the cows. Um, Then we will eat lunch, drive back to Fort Worth. Um, I will then spend about uh, two hours in the office. Um, I will try to, uh, then I'll have to put on a clean shirt and brush my hair at least and maybe slap on a little makeup. And then I'll go do um, live air interviews for, for the ranch her premiere
0: <laughs> at a
1: girl <laughs> and then I'll come home and get ready for people to show up at my house to watch to actually watch the episode then as soon as it's over i'm going to tell everybody hey thanks great seeing y'all thank enjoyed seeing everybody now get out of my house cuz i got to go to sleep cuz i got to get up at 4:30 the next morning because I've got to process, I'll have to process all the calves that came in
0: the day before. And so
1: the day before, so we'll we'll process all the calves, and um, we'll get finished processing about the time that the sun's coming up, and we'll have everything weighed and as soon and um, we're normally finished processing by about eight o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I will come spend a full day in the office.
0: Wow, yeah, it' um, there's so many moving parts, you know, in order to, to make it all happen like you guys do. And um, I, I've, I'm just so excited for just the world to get a, a snippet, a little bit more of your story through this Ranch Her episode. I can't wait to tune in and watch it. And um, Missy, can you share with everybody just where they can um, go to kind of find out more about Bonds Ranch, um, yourself, or just um, some good places to learn facts about the cattle industry in general? Uh, I would say to check out
1: uh, the TC Ranch Management website for, um, some facts about the ranch ranching industry or even facts about the TCE Ranch Management in, uh, uh, program. Uh, then if then there's also the Texas and Southwestern Cattle Raisers Association website and um, the National Cattlemen's Beef Association website. You can also go to those to learn more um, about things that are going on within our industry, about within um, things that are affecting um, ranchers, ranchers right now and the beef industry. Um, and then for, for Bonds Ranch, I would say you, you can go to um, our Facebook page and um, our Instagram page we, we try to keep up with, with those and, and if you can reach out on either one of those and be able to get a hold of myself or my sister through both of those.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Well, Missy, thank you again. Um, really enjoyed getting to catch up with you this morning. And, um, I know that this episode is really going to just shed some light on what all women are doing for the cattle industry like yourself. So thank you again. Thank you for having me. Thank you for spending your time with me on the cowgirl confessions podcast. I'm so glad y'all stopped by. If you could take a moment to share this episode and tag us on social media, I'd be happier than a cowgirl in a sea of buy-one-get-one one vintage turquoise. Subscribe to make sure you don't miss an episode. New episodes will be released bi-monthly. Please leave us a review if you feel so led by going to iTunes. Your feedback will really help us breed the idea of grabbing life by the horns with a cowgirl state of mind into women across the globe. Some that may have never even had the privilege to throw their leg over a horse, but could most certainly use the cowgirl state of mind while navigating life. Thanks again, y'all. Until next time, keep pursuing your dreams with that all-go-and-no-woe mentality. Remember, you're writing a story that's worth saddling up for, sister.